Elite Physique University, your source for all things physique enhancement. Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to Elite Physique University. I'm John, burning the candle from both ends. Gorman, we've got Jason Theobald in the house. Jason, what's going on, man? How are you? Not, not too bad. Um, still recovering a little bit from the show. You know how adrenals and things take a hit post-show. So, um, you know, I am taking our adrenal health and different things. But, man, your energy just kind of drops right out from under you when you get done. Yeah, and you know what, man, and that's going to be the whole focus. This is part two of a part one series um, that we did on your prep. So if you're listening for the first time, go back and listen to episode 30. This is episode 31, um, where we kind of talked about everything from you. You were three weeks out. You decided to jump into a show. We covered the first couple weeks of your prep. Man, that sounds weird to say. We we covered the first couple weeks of your prep, and mm-hmm. now we're in peak week. But this this is going to be a fun episode because this is part two. So make sure if you're listening for the first time, go back and listen to part one. Um, today is going to be all the fun stuff, the peak week stuff, the day of the show. But remind me at the end to talk about how you're feeling post-show. I don't have yeah. that on my notes because I think that's important. Uh, yeah. You know, yeah. you're a week or two post-show, so that'll yeah. that'll be fun. Um, what's going on new with you, man? Um, you know, uh, as far as business goes, things are great. Um clipping right along you know signing some new people um we had the you know obviously had the tampa pro got some clients did good you know trish wood did good there and um um you know she's looking to get olympia points and might qualify so that'd be great um so like i said business is good um still working through the personal stuff and just trying to get um just settled and everything kind of where it needs to be my couch comes tomorrow and says my fridge and then i'll be I'll be set up. Um, and then kind of one of the big things coming down the pipeline, uh, my business partner, Vince Pitstick and I in new ethics, we are creating new ethics coaching Academy, and this will be certification for coaches. Um, we're really excited about it. Um, and basically this will be really the first hybrid certification where you're going to learn, um, functional, uh, nutrition type principles, but also how to prep people and, um, you know, do, it's going to be the first certification that I'm aware of that basically fits the climate of where things are headed. Um, and so we're trying to bring that to you. So we're going to start shooting videos for it late next week. Um, I'm not sure if we're going to drop, um, the first level, um, before we have all other levels created, or if we're going to create it all and then drop it, we, we, we got to figure that one out, but, um, just be watching for that new ethics coaching Academy coming soon. Awesome, man. Awesome. So, well, you know what, I've got some questions about that. I'll ask you about that offline when, when we're done, but that's exciting. You know, I was involved with, um, kind of helping first form back when I was with them launched, you know, I think they called it their level one conference. Um, but really just let coaches understand how to start people on macros and like how to write diets and training plans and all that stuff. It's, it's kind of a beginner type program, you know, for anyone listening out there, this would definitely, this is the thing, like this is the thing to get you to the next level. Even if you've only been coaching for a couple of years, like this is, this is what I know needs to be done out there. No one is really out there doing it. I mean, we all put out content on the podcast and, you know, we've got our seminar and you've got the PEC and the summit and all that stuff's great, but this is cool because it'll be geared specifically 
towards learning like you would get through a certification. So that's, that's pretty awesome that you guys are doing that, man. I, I know it's going to be popular. I know it is. Yeah. yeah, it should, it should be. I think we, um, we have a lot of high hopes for it, put it that way. Yeah, definitely. Well, with you and Vince behind it, I know it's going to be done right because I know where you guys got your education before, like, it's just, it's going to be next level. So we do have some housekeeping. We've got our elite physique university seminar. Speaking of that, um, September 12th and 13th. We only yeah. have 10 tickets left. They have us limited, but I know the super VIPs are sold out. Like those sold out. Yeah, right that's away. awesome. We do have 10 tickets left guys. That's in the show notes, wherever you're listening to this podcast right now, just go to the show notes, click on that direct link and get, um, get signed up because it's going to be a blast. We're going to have catered lunch for everybody Saturday. We can all go train at the gym that I own. It's a 10,000 square foot, anytime fitness gym, but it's a bodybuilding gym. Oh, yeah. It's not just a, yeah. uh, look forward to that. Yeah, that's, that's going to be fun. So we'll be training there on Friday night and Saturday and anybody that wants to train there on Sunday is, is welcome to as well. It, it's just going to be fun, but catered lunch, we'll be doing two Q and A's, um, six classes and it's only $249. I mean, that's this deal. Yeah. It's a steal to get six classes, two Q and A's, we got a little surprise. I got somebody throw up there on the Q and a panel that we both know. Um, <laughs> somebody from your, your boys over at the excellence cartel is going to be there. And I just, I just told him, I said, Hey, Hey Jeff, I won't tell you guys which Jeff I said, Hey Jeff, you need to just come up, sit in on the Q and a panel. One of those, oh, yeah. that, that'll be fun. He that'll belongs. Be cool. It's Jeff black. He belongs. So oh, that'll be cool. Hell yeah. 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 So that'll be fun guys. So check that out. And as far as for me, that's why I said at the beginning, burning the candle from both ends. I'm just tired, but it's, it's a good tire because man, our sales doubled you know, we're only, we've only been in business now with supplements, you know, for a little over two months, but shit sales doubled after the first month and the first month was great. So it's just playing that game as you know, awesome. very well, Jason, of yep. trying to figure out how much to stock as you're growing rapidly because yep. we grew a hundred percent. So it's like, okay, how much do we keep in stock? You know, what's the lead time on that? You know, you've got three different manufacturers making, making different kinds of products because not every manufacturer is going to make every single product for you. So it's, you know, some things take 10 weeks, some things you can get pretty fast. It's just one of those things where it's been fun to learn, but you know, I've got Jacob Clessons. He's a full-time employee. He's, he's here helping me. Um, so he takes care of a lot of stuff. So it's just been a lot of work, but man, it's been fun. It's not about the money. It's about, the challenge of learning something fun. So like our new hashtag hard to kill pre-workout dropped and I had to turn around and place another order within four or five days. Cause it was just selling like crazy. So fun Great. times over here, man. Fun times. Good, good, good problem good. to have. Definitely. Okay. So let's, let's jump back in where we left off was kind of, you are just about to peak week. You're about a week out. Yeah. Um, let's start on that kind of go through like a Monday yeah. through Wednesday type scenario. What, what were you doing with your food at that point? Um, yeah, I yeah. had a free meal in there at one point, but just go ahead and start with that. So by, let me try to retrace this by Friday. I was super flat. That's Friday, like eight days out. Um, I was, I was in pretty good shape front to back. Um, but I was flat and like everyone I sent pics to pretty much called me out on it. And I was like, yeah, I'm dragging. Like, I could barely get out of bed this morning. I'm that dead. And I had Maddox that weekend. And everyone's like, man, I would just go get, you know, a big meal. Otherwise, you're just going to keep fading and not be able to fill out. So I went and had, uh, I think I got a double cheeseburger and some fries and had a pizookie, um from BJ's. And I did look, come to life. I looked way better. And then I just went back to my diet. Um, a lot of people have to remember, I – 
drop fat really fast. I'll use a low fat diet with carbs. So I had about 280 carbs already in my diet. Fats were sub 10, protein is about 300. Well, when you're eating 280 80 carbs and you have low fat, you're flat. Like, so you're burning, especially when you're more ectomorph like me and burn carbs really, really well. So all I had to do was start putting fat back in. I started with that meal that night and that got it started. But honestly, I only gained a half a pound. And then so from Monday um, on, really even Sunday, I started putting about 10 grams of coconut oil back in all my meals. Um, and then I switched over to some almond butter because I thought, well, coconut oil has so much MCT. I'm going to burn through that like a carb. Right. And I'm worried that I'm not going to hold it. I need some long chains too. So I started then using almond butter as well. So I left my carbs at around 280, to be honest with you, all week. All I did was increase my fats, pulled my cardio back, stopped uh, training to failure, any rest pauses, any forced reps, and just kind of let my body start to fill out and hold those carbs on a daily basis and just kind of let that like multiply each day, another 280, another 280 with fat so I'm not burning through them as much. And I started to fill out. And so that's how I rolled into um, the weigh-ins. Okay, so that was Monday through Wednesday. Do you remember what day you had that, that great big free meal? Yeah, it was Friday, eight days out. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. I thought you had had one maybe earlier in the week, but you just kind of rolled in then. Yeah, um, I mean, I went to Outback or Longhorns like that Tuesday or Wednesday with Maddox, but I just got a, I got a nine-ounce filet and then a plain sweet potato. So, awesome. you know, I got a little extra protein, a little extra fat there, but, I mean, it was a clean meal. And I, you know, I kept getting harder, so. Yeah. And you know, you, you had been texting me pictures and I just ask you questions all the time. Um, how much were you looking at how you looked in the morning with no water, how you looked halfway or later on in the evening with most of your water and food in you? Is yeah. that something that, that you were keeping? Yeah. I watched that with myself and my clients. So, you know, I have people would send me pictures starting Monday morning and night and I'm watching to see how their body's looking. Um, my body wakes up, I wake up extremely flat. Um, especially with this kind of race of a diet. So I always looked better in picks um, with water and about four meals in. Yeah, I, I, that's the number one thing I look for with my clients, especially after their high days. I want to see, do they look better with water, without? And it's usually, I notice when people are bodybuilding lean like they should be, they always look better filled out because you're know, flat in the morning, you don't have any water in you. So as you drink water, it fills the muscle out. And I've always noticed if someone's really watery, they just, they still need to be a little bit leaner. I've always made that correlation. Um, right. You know, sometimes like bikini girls, they probably, I've noticed most of my bikini folks just look better about halfway throughout the day, maybe a little bit earlier in the morning with some water. Yeah, a lot of my bikini girls look better in the morning, a lot of yeah. them. Yeah, it's just because, you know, they don't get as lean as bodybuilders. No. So, I mean, it's, no. any, anyway, just something I want to pass on to people. I yeah, definitely. That you were watching that. Um, yeah. What about your cardio? So that was the other thing. And like I said, I just ask you questions when you send me pictures. I don't, I don't ever send recommendations to you because I know you know exactly what you're looking for. I don't yep. want to. Peak week's kind of one of those times where I, I don't bother people a lot and say right. much because I know it can just cause people to think too much sometimes. So whenever I was asking, I'm like, so what are you doing with cardio? What's that look like? And you kept a little bit in at the, or at the beginning of the week to kind of help yeah. you keep increasing food, right? Yeah, I, I kept – I pulled the hit probably – I'd say seven days out. And then I kept walking cardio in um, just, to, just to process food better. I mean, it's really slow. You know, it's not like I'm on a stair mill um, going at 140 beats or something. You know, my walking cardio, my heart rate might be 95. Um, right. So it just was to help keep 
food processed. You know, it's so important in classic that your midsection's tight, everything's moving through. So I walked 30 minutes um, daily all the way up till Thursday. And then I did nothing Thursday other than um, travel. And that was a ton of walking in an airport. So I didn't need to do any cardio. I was moving around all day trying to load. <laughs> I flew the day before I got on stage. Yeah, which is which we're going to get to here in just a minute. That, that'll be kind of the fun part. Um, let's talk about training. So a lot of people, they really don't know how to approach their training during peak week. Let's, let's talk about what you did um, as far as was there a day that you trained legs last and you just didn't touch them? Yeah, I trained legs last on Friday. So that was that day. Then I went and had that big meal that night. Um, so that was what, uh, seven days out. Cause I went, I, I competed on a Friday. Right. Um, and you know, why tell people why you did that and why you do that? Uh, generally speaking, like, you know, legs are half your body. Gravity's not helping it. And when you create trauma, like training, water's going to pull. So you just want enough time to have that water kind of dry off you. A lot of people like myself, I'm, re I'm I, I recover fairly decently. I, I think I could have probably trained them four days out and been fine, but seven's just like, it's just, um, to make sure the water's off and to be, be safe, you know, um, that, that it is off. Yeah. I, I do the same thing with my people. And one of the things, uh, unless it's men's physique, then I obviously don't give a shit because they're in, they're in trunks, but you know, for everybody else, one of the things I always notice too is their legs get so overreached because you're doing hit, you're doing fucking cardio, just walking or whatever, elliptical cardio, bike, whatever. They're so overreached that when you start filling somebody out, they're so fucking depleted. Even if you're doing carb, carb ups and stuff like that, man, they really just start to look better as time goes on. And, um, you know, I think a week out's always been good just for, yeah, just for people definitely. to be able to load them because they're so fucking depleted. Uh, yeah. And they feel better too. Like that's the other thing. Like you just feel better taking a break from crushing legs. What about um, what about your water and salt all week? And I I asked yeah. that because both both of us know, but I know there are listeners out there that oh, yeah. see people doing this crazy shit with water yeah. a week out and salt. What what were you doing? So I'll be honest with you. I never even measured my water. I just made sure I drank all day. Um, and then as far as salt, I salt every meal. I use mustard every, like my, lots of my meals. I use a lot of uh, Frank's um, wing sauce. I left it all in. I salted every meal, even on Friday. Um, I'm sorry, even on Thursday. Um, I just kind of let Expel do its thing and kept water high all the way till Thursday evening. But I never really measured it. I just knew I could tell I was drinking more than usual. And that's all I did. I, I was stuck in a house with no fridge. I'm drinking out of a 24 pack of waters. Um, you know, there, I have a fridge with many, so, you know, they're sitting on the counter. I'm just pulling them as I go. And I just made sure I kind of got an increase that that was about it. Yeah. So a, a lot of people too, they're like, well, why wouldn't you know how much sodium you're taking in? But you, even though you didn't have it measured out to the gram or milligram or any of that, you still kept it the same. That, so that yeah, just way shake, like, kind of I, I stayed in my same habits. Like, you know, shake, you know, I know how much about I shake on my eggs. I know how much I shake on my hamburger, you know, my rice, everything gets salt on it. And I just kept to it like consistently all week. Yeah. And, and I always point out to people, I don't have a measure it to the gram or milligram either, but I keep an eye on how they look. And mm -hmm. I've had people that they're taking in 10 grams of salt because they're going ape shit on everything. And I notice they look watery and that's, so that's one of the things that's when I do have them start measuring things is when their yeah. salt gets way too high. But I just want to kind of point that out that 
I mean, you've been doing this so long. You're so in tune with your body that you're able to do something like that. Correct. Yeah. And I mean, you know, even my like carbs, like we talked about, I never really quite knew the amount, but I'm so consistent year round and I do weigh things. I just don't really always know the exact amount. So all I had to do was just start pulling things back. I mean, I remember reading in magazines where bodybuilders would say that. They're like, oh, you know, I eat the same things year round. I just kind of pull back when it's time to prep. That's what I did. And I believe them now because they were just so in tune with their body. They live the lifestyle year round. And when it's time to prep, you're eating the same shit. You're just going to pull a little bit of it back. So, it, And I think that's the beauty of, of you being able to coach yourself that way. But I don't want anybody to get, make the mistake that – that's how you're prepping your clients because your clients, no. everything is to the fucking T to the gram. It, it, when you're working with someone, you have to have, you have to have parameters and you have to have a way to adjust things. And like I said, I was adjusting. It's just, I didn't have to know exactly what the intakes were because I was so consistent year round that you just flow right into it. Okay. A couple other questions. Then I want to get into Thursday because Thursday is when things really start to get, you know, super serious. Uh, yep. The Monday through Wednesday, are you taking time off there? Are you doing anything to relax? Nope. Are you still not? Nope. I didn't get to relax at all, man. I got no relaxation. I, I worked all the way up till Wednesday, even Wednesday night. Like, like I said, Steph and I are still friends. Her family had a family picture at like six thirty, So I had to be over there. They wanted me in it. And then I had a rush. I had the boys Wednesday night. So Aiden had soccer from seven thirty to eight forty-five. So Maddox and I are sitting in a car waiting on his soccer till 8.45 that night. I rushed home, finally got packed, got Maddox to bed, had to get up but early and drive them both home. Like, there was no relaxation for me or chilling. And it's not – there's never going to be anymore. Like, you know, I'm a single parent. Um, so that you just have to adapt to life and let it roll. I, I was using a shit ton of cordies. I was taking two every three hours to just keep – and I was chill. I really was. Like, even on these country roads, man, normally I get behind some country bumpkin who doesn't want to drive over 40, <laughs> and I'm sitting there cussing them. But I was just chilling, and I did. I, that morning on the way to the airport, I got behind someone on 16 that was driving ass slow, and I was just chilling, man. You just got to roll with it. So I was trying to keep my cortisol as low as I could. No, I love it. So let, let's, let's talk about, to me, what seems to kind of be stressful, and that's always the day of weigh-ins, trying to fly in somewhere, driving around, yeah. be on time. Like, to me, that's kind of stressful shit. It is. So, um, Thursday, you fly out. What time are you flying out? When do you fly yeah. in? I flew out at 10.30, and I got into Tampa at 3.30, and I had a weigh-in at 5.30. So, thank God, my buddy Billy Nestor, he lives in Naples, and he offered to, uh, to basically come get me, uh, get me to the hotel, so I didn't have to wait on a rental car. Um, so we got in at three thirty. I was at the hotel by like probably four fifteen, um, and then I made my weigh-ins. You know, I got to I got there at five thirty, no problem. Man, but yeah. I'll tell you, you know, flying right now is stressful to me. Um, I didn't have to have a mask on in the airports. I mean, you're supposed to, but no one said a word. But I'll tell you what, Delta is up your ass if that mask is a little below your nose and they see you. They're up your ass. It's such a just sad way to live. I, I, but anyways, that's a whole other topic. But um, that was more stressful to me than anything else about a layover or any of that. But because I did have a layover too. Um, but just the COVID shit and all the way people look at you, just that was more stressful than anything else. Yeah. Was the plane full or was it a like what was it's that? It's like? full, but they can only do every other seat. So it's full up to that capacity, but it's half filled. I got gotcha. you. Yeah. I mean, yeah. You know what? You man? don't have anyone in the aisle in the middle row next to you. 
uh, which is kind of nice, but I mean, you're sitting there breathing your own CO2. So that's not cool. How, how cool is it that you had Billy able to come get you? Because like we talked about in the last podcast, there, you know, there was a minute there where I was trying to get it to where I could come down there. I was going to do some business in town. And then I thought, yep. Fuck, I'll, cause I want to see you on stage. And we were, man, I was so close, but then I had clients doing a show on Saturday and I couldn't make it back in time. Um, how crucial is it to have somebody kind of help you relieve some of that stress oh, when you don't have somebody? There? I'll tell you what, it's major because he brought a microwave, all these damn hotels that they choose to stay out at these places. They have a microwave. So you have a microwave room. You talk about stress. So you got to get on a fucking elevator every time and go to fucking two when you're on eight and you want to eat. So he brought me a microwave. Um, he brought me my Gatorade. So I have to pack all that heavy shit. Um, he brought some extra cream of rice, um, some extra rice. So all I had to do was bring my eight hamburger patties that I froze and just threw them in my check bag. And, you know, they, they made it fine. You know, that when I got there, they were still cold, but they were nice and, um, you know, thawed. And then I only had to pack a few other things, a couple other cream of rice and stuff. So it was major having someone like that. And then it's just cool because they can scope things out. Like while I was unpacking and trying to get my meal as, as soon as I got there, he's already looked where like I go to like register and tan and all those things. So having someone there that actually competes and knows what you got to do next is really, really helpful. Yeah, I agree hundred percent, man. That's, that's super cool. It keeps um, stress way lower. Like if I would have had to get a rental car and then get to the like store and buy a microwave and weigh in, I don't know that I would have been able to stay calm enough. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you no. know. Uh, so let's talk about, um, your food, your food and water on Thursday, you were able to yeah. just basically just walk in, make weight. Did you have to strip down or was it pretty easy? Um, no, I got in at 179.4 and that was with a tank top, a hat, my vans and, and some cloth shorts. So I, I bet I was probably 177 and I can be 185. Sitting good to go. What's your food and water look like on Thursday? Because that's, a, that's something that a lot of people don't know. You're about to compete on Friday. So you're, you're one day out. What's your food and water look like that day? Um, so Thursday water was normal. Um, I had to travel, right? So my breakfast was normal, but, uh, while I traveled, I used our ISO perfect as protein cause it's pure as hell. Um, and rice cakes and then almond butter that I traveled with that. And then I also had one of the bigger packs of tuna. It's got like 40 grams. It's the albacore ones. It's got like 40 grams of protein and then my rice cakes and then more almond butter. And that covered my two meals until I got to the hotel and then switched back to, um, Jasmine rice and, uh, 96 lean beef and almond butter to, to finish out the day. Okay. You're leaving salt water and all that's in there still high. Everything's normal, right? Yeah. But I was at the airport and I did screw up. I didn't have my salt on me to just pop it in my mouth. So I was only getting what was in food for those two meals, but, uh, I made up for it, you know, once I, uh, got back on track. Yeah. I know that's something that would stress somebody out, but obviously you've been doing this so long. I mean, it would, it would stress me the fuck out for many a years, but I've just been doing this for so long. And I know that those little tweaks are not going to make or break me. Um, worrying about it could, but you know, it's protein, carbs, and fats, and I got it in, you know? Yeah. Let's, let's talk about the day of the show. Okay, so it's Friday. Um, what time do you hit the stage, and when do you wake up and start eating? Let's see. So the show started at 9, but once we got the uh, roster or the lineup, 
we didn't go till second to last. So it was class of physique, second to last, and then the two twelves were last. So I, I had thought I would hit the stage at 11. I actually didn't hit the stage till noon. Um, I had three full meals in me um, going in, and then um, I switched over to my Gatorade and sipped that backstage as I pumped up about the last 45 minutes. Yeah, so what about water? How much water were you trying to get in to kind of fill? Water, I always get a half a gallon. I need it. Um, my body just does not look good until it's got about a half a gallon. So um, I made sure that by noon I had, I had that in. So with you and for a lot of people listening, kind of explain, um, there's so many people terrified of water. They're, they're terrified of, of salt. They're terrified of all this stuff today of when you say look better. Um, first of all, you're eating foods that you've been eating the whole time. You're not yes. eating anything weird and like nope. out of whack. Um, nope. And I drink Gatorade all up through prep while I train. Right. So tell people why you do that and why they don't have to worry about holding water when they drink water, because it's not like you're trying to carve up that day. You're not trying to load. So, you know, obviously everyone has a mixture of where they look best, you know, full and dry. Um, So, you know, there are people that have to watch water, but I've been doing this enough to know that if I don't get up and hydrate, the muscle isn't pushing against the skin as well. Um, Certain areas will just stay really flat on me. Um, So it's one of those things that I've tested over the years and kind of realized, you know, from error, doing what a lot of other people do, like sipping maybe six ounces a, a meal going into the stage. Um, but by drinking water, you keep aldosterone low, and aldosterone will cause you to kind of uh, recirculate salt in the kidneys and then hold more water. Um, so by keeping water moving, uh, that aldosterone just stays normal, and you keep passing water. I had expel in, so that was gonna help um, move water. And so, you know, in the salt, you know, you need that for the carbs to load um, and to be a little more vascular. So all of it just kind of plays together um, to um, help you fill out with adding the carbohydrates, adding the water, adding the salt, adding the sugars towards the end that hit fast. All of it plays a role in getting that, that look that you're, you're desiring on stage. Yeah. And let's, let's talk about, let's talk about the pump up. How far out did you start? And let's talk about your pump yeah. up drink because this is something and I know it's changed for you a lot over the years from back in the day when, when we were both doing this in like 2009, 2010, you've really got this down to a science. Talk about that pump up drink and how far out did you start pumping? So, you know, I started about 45 minutes out, but it's not quick. Like I just start sipping it. Number one, I'm thirsty. Number two, I want to give it time. Um, to kind of pass through the system. I know some guys slam it 15 out for me. I kind of mimic my training and I know that by about 30 minutes into my training, that's when I really feel the fullest and the best. So I started about 45 minutes sipping it and then got more aggressive with it about 30 out. Now, obviously, you know, this is never an exact science because you don't exactly know when you're going. Like if you're first, it's awesome. You can time it right. But you know, I started probably a little too early, um, but you know, they're, they're telling you, oh, you got to line up, it's time to go. And then you sit and stand, or you sit, not sit and stand, but you stand. Um, but I did 45 minutes and then got more aggressive about 30 minutes out and slammed. Uh, I did a full 35 carb win and then about a half of another one. So I got about 50 carbs in over 45 minutes of liquid, basically sugar, 
Um, and I added a table, a teaspoon of sea salt. And I think I might've hit a little bit of almond butter. I didn't want too much fats to slow it down big time, but I did throw a little bit of fat in just for more intracellular, um, triglycerides. Yeah. I, I love that man, because it's, you know, I always tell my clients when I'm backstage with them, cause I go to most of their shows and I start them, you know, 30 minutes out, excuse me. And I, I just tell them, I say, Hey, just start sipping on it. What I want you to do is as you're slowly pumping, just imagine in your mind's eye that you're pumping this Gatorade and the fluids and the sugars and all the salt, you're pumping it into the muscle when you contract. And, you, and I just have them start slow because I've had, you know how it is. Like sometimes you get caught off guard. Some people do at smaller shows and you have, you have 10 minutes, you have to be ready and you're trying to like slam all this shit. And the last thing you want is a whole bunch of fluid in your gut when you're trying to walk out there because you want your waist to be small. So it's, I, I love the approach that you just talked about. And I think people can learn from that and, you know, kind of turn the heat up as you get closer to getting on stage and you can kind of dial those times in. Um, at no point did you ever feel like you had too much fluid in your stomach or anything like that, right? No, not at all. But my, 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 my body's used to this. Um, because like I said, I do this training, um, you know, and I know how much I can take in. I usually drink two full ones. Um, so oh, I only did one and a half this time. So no, I was fine in that, in terms of that. So you're pumping up, they're getting ready to pull you out on stage. Um, at this point in your career, you've been doing this quite a while. Tell us if we're a fly on the wall, we're sitting there watching you and you're getting ready to walk out on stage. How do you feel? Are you excited? Are you calm? Um, what's going through your head as you're about to step out on stage? Well, you know, number one, um, I was really reflective that day. I remember like I was just, you know, thankful to be back uh, getting on stage, but you know, I was happy. Like I'd like to compete, you know? Um, and so I knew also that I had a tall challenge ahead of me. Just, you know, I try not to size up guys too much because I always think a lot of people look better than me and then I end up beating them. So I try not to get in my head too much, but I knew I was kind of taking inventory like, Oh man, this is going to be a tough top five to crack. Like, you know, I could see it. And um, so I was looking around there and just hoping that I could crack a top five. Um, but thankful to be back competing and just, you know, like I was calm man. I was, I was chatting with the guys back backstage and um, I was pretty calm. Is it, is it one of those things? It's different because dude, I know you're a super humble guy. Um, but a lot of people know who you are. Um, did you have a lot of people come up to you backstage and want to talk yeah. up with you? Yeah, I did, you know, and, and I am also like, I also am pretty friendly backstage. I, you know, if I see guys like I know from Instagram or something, maybe we've never really chatted, I'll go, you know, introduce myself. So I was doing a lot of that and that actually keeps me calmer than just sitting there in my head. Like, you know, so I did a lot of that. Um, but yeah, I mean, um, it was kind of nice. Like there was guys in my class taking relax and taking cordies and, you know, they're telling me about it, how great products they are and stuff. So it was cool, man. Um, no, that, you know, that's awesome. I've been around for a while now. So that, that's awesome. I, you know, I, you know, you've made it when you're backstage competing against guys and they're taking the products that you make yeah. them yeah. better and they're stepping on stage with the guy that, that designs. It. I mean, that, that's kind of cool, man. That's kind of yeah, cool. Yeah, it was cool. I, I told our business partners about it. I said, you know, in 2018, no one really said shit, but this year people people were recognizing our products. So it was cool. Yeah, that's super cool. Okay, so you walk out on stage, 
how many guys are in your class if if you don't know that number but kind of talk about the class and then let's go through did you walk out and hit like individual posing routines for 30 they, what they do is there was 17 of us so they broke us up i think into eight and nine so they took the first nine out i was towards the end because i entered the show late right and um so the group i went out with um i ended up beating everyone in that group except divine uh i don't know his last name but he got second and so when I came out, him and I were on the end because he, he entered really late. Like we didn't even know he was competing. <laughs> Had he not shown up, I would have made top five, <laughs> but um, <laughs> he hopped in even later than me. And um, so I know when we came out, uh, people told me that who had watched the feed um, that Dennis James said, you know, number 50 and then Divine's number. Those are the guys to watch in this lineup, um, which was cool. Um, but you know, they just take you up. They really quickly had us do a front butt double and a rear double and our quarter turns and then took us right back off stage. And then you do your 60 second posing to show the judges what you got. Then from there, um, they, they choose their top five and then their second call out and it goes on from there. Okay. How did, how'd you feel, um, when, after your 60 second routine, um, did you, you feel good about the pump you had, about how you felt out there on stage? Um, I, I knew that I was in good shape. I felt like I was fairly full. I felt like my legs could have been a little fuller, but I liked where my midsection was. I liked where my glutes were. Um, I think my back could have been a little drier. And if I would have changed anything, I probably would have taken a quarter diazide Friday night. I think I could have handled it. I think it would have brought my quads in a little sharper and it would have brought my back in a little sharper. If I do carry any water, it's usually in my back. Um, and I think my back was a little drier for the Kentucky and it could just be, I was leaner. Um, but I believe I took a quarter diazide for the Kentucky Friday night. Um, and so I think Thursday night, if I'd have done that, that might've been the only thing I would have changed about anything I did. How did, uh, so they, they, they call it the top five. How did it feel, you know, that moment? You, you had a water cooler moment back in, I don't know, it was 2010. Yeah. You didn't yeah. make top five. You were right yeah. there at the end, and it fueled the fuck out of you for years. Yeah. How did it feel not getting that top five call out? It, it sucked because, you know, my first two pro shows, I, I got, you know, the top five. Um, but, you know, like I said, I knew that looking around, the top five was tough you had a water cooler moment back in 2010, you know, it's one of those things you didn't make the top five in a national right. show it really fueled you for a lot of years. Yep. Uh, tell us what that felt like as an athlete, not making that top five call out. Well, I mean, it's always a little tough, especially when you get kind of used to doing so. Um, you know, my first two pro shows, I, I made the top five. Um, so, you know, it was, it was a letdown, but like I said, when I saw the top five, I knew I had work to still do, um, you know, giving up seven pounds to my weight. I bet all those guys were maximizing it. Um, they just looked big and full and um, had really good physique. So, you know, it's one of those things where you're disappointed, but you compete to kind of get a barometer and um, I got it, you know? And so when I made a second call out, um, they started moving me in real quick um, to, towards the middle. So, um, that at least felt good. And I knew that they had seen me, um, but I just wasn't, you know, top five material. I wasn't mad at the judges. I wasn't mad at myself. I did this in three weeks at the age of 42, you know, and still pulled off at least a medal. 
Um, but I was disappointed, you know, I mean, you don't compete for, for anything, but first, at least I don't. Um, and in the pros, I had set a goal that if I did get like my goal for the show was coming top five, that was my goal. And so I missed it by a spot. So yeah, it was tough pill to swallow for a minute there. What, what'd you feel like that second call out? Um, you know, what goes through your head? Or are you like, all right, it's fucking on. I'm getting this sixth place spot. I'm going to fight and do everything I can. Like, oh, yeah. Go through oh, yeah. oh yeah. I mean, you know, it's like, I mean, I played sports all my life. So, you know, you don't, you don't quit until the whistle blows. So, you know, you regroup. Um, I stood there watching those guys wishing I was there, but knowing that day it wasn't going to be conserving my energy. You know, I was trying to stay, pose but not too hard so that I could you know use what I had and and um you know do it right when when I got my call out so um I got moved two or three times to get in towards the middle um so yeah you know and each time I was you know smiling and and letting them know I was happy about it and um receptive and, and let's keep going so you know did I say in my head let's go get six no but I said let's go win this call out you know and then go from there so let's let's talk about something real quick. I think this will help people that maybe they don't have a ton of experience under their belt or they're a coach with clients that are in call outs. When they've got that top five or that first call out out there, a lot of times people aren't standing on the back and the wings and they're waiting. Um, man, they're trying to fucking, they're trying to be noticed by the judges. They're trying to stay super hard and flex. Is that a time? Did you kind of let your legs take a break for a minute? Did you kind of? I let it take a little break occasionally, you know. Um, you know, you're taught to stay super tight, but man, if you watch a lot of the other pros, like you know, they they kind of do what I was doing, conserve energy, because you just never know how long they're going to work you. Um, you don't want to stand up there with your belly out and bad posture, but um, I wasn't flexing as hard because they're not really looking at you at that point. Like right. that's what the trying to judge. Argument. The argument is, oh, you know, never let them see a week and they're, they're looking at you. No, they're not looking at you at that point. Um, they're going to look at you when they call you out. So I conserve energy, but I'm not slouching or anything. I'm just not sitting there flexing for everything I have while all those guys are being looked at. Yeah, I've, I've watched, especially Natty shows, man, they put people through the fucking ringer. Like you might be up there 15, 20 minutes. And I'll watch, and as a coach, I'll, I'll call out to my clients, hey, chill out, relax, let your legs take a break. Um, because I've seen people wear themselves out before the fucking they get on stage and actually get their call out because they're back there trying so hard to get the attention of the judges. Um, anyway, it's just something I wanted to kind of see how, how you went through that. Let's, let's interject one quick spot here. So, you know, you get through your, we're getting ready to go and talk about your meals and stuff after prejudging and all that. But you had two clients do the show. Talk about that. Were you able to see them on stage or is it so busy you just weren't able to see them out there? It was pretty busy. Like, so, I mean, I didn't get there, what, till Thursday evening. By the time I sat down, because I, I tanned at 8.30. By the time I sat down, it was 9. Megan wasn't going until Saturday. She had sent pics. She looked great. Um, she did. I had mentioned coming by the room. She didn't really seem to worry about it. I got to see her Friday. Um, Trish she was so dialed in, man. Like she didn't say anything about coming to the room. And I saw her, uh, Friday morning because we were competing at the same time. Um, so we really just did a lot of it by picks. Um, until, like I said, I saw Meg on uh, Friday. Um, but they're both, you know, pros and they're kind of low key and I've dialed them. So in so many times by text, they really weren't like, Oh, can I, when can I get your room? Let, let, let's let me, let me, you know what I mean? They just kept sending picks and we just kind of rolled from there. Were you able to see Megan on stage Saturday? Were you around yes. for that? 
Oh yeah. I went and the bitch of it was because of COVID usually competitors get in free. Right. Right. Well, they couldn't because he had to make money and because his, you know, numbers were cut to 50 for 50% for occupancy. Right. Competitors weren't allowed in free. So if you want to see it, you got to pay. So it was kind of shitty, but Oh yeah. I went in and watched her uh, compete. Um, I, I had to see it. Yeah. So you had, um, Trish did really well. She ended up yes. getting second. If I remember, I was trying to second follow. masters fifth in the open, but a tier one show like this fifth gives you or no, she got fourth, maybe fourth or fifth. And in tier one shows, fifth still gets five points. That's why I was so disappointed to not make top five, five points is a lot like t- smaller shows like tier three, you only get a point for fifth place. Um, so she gained a lot of points this show. I, I'm apologizing to her. If she's listening at all ever, but I can't remember if she got fourth or fifth. I think it was fifth, so she earned five more Olympia points. But she looked damn good. She was the hardest in the show for sure. Yeah, she gave up a lot of size, but yes, that's the on the scale, on the scale, she gave up a lot of size. But man, yes. she packs, yeah, hell of a package for yes. what she weighs. She's dense and she gets shredded. And let's talk talk about Megan real quick. Just give yep. her a quick shout out. Um, this this was her IFBB Pro debut, correct? Um, this was Megan's IFBB pro. Yeah. Okay. How, how did she do? Um, I know a lot of people follow her along. I mean, she looks great. What, how did, how did, how she looks in pictures and on social? She's impressive. She's impressive as fuck. And I even told Billy that morning, I said, this is either going to go really well because she's the only orange. She's going to stand out like a sore thumb and they'll take it. Or it's going to go really bad because she is the only orange and it's a field of apples. And that's what happened. She got third call out, which, I mean, it was a big field. So, I mean, it's not horrible. I don't know where she ended up in that call out. Um, but I talked to judges and, and they said, she's too big, go to physique. And, you know, um, I kind of potentially knew that going in, but I didn't want to put doubt in her head at five weeks out. So I just figured we'd let it roll and see where it goes. You know, sometimes competitors don't believe me anyways. You tell them one thing and, you know, they, they got to learn it for themselves. Um, and so that's what it was. I mean, she just stuck – one of the judges said she literally came out and it was like, whoa, what do we do with this? Um, it's just she's not like any of the others. Um, and so they told me, you know, go to physique and she's a perennial Olympian. You know, maybe not the worst thing you can be told is, hey, you're too fucking big. You're, you have too much muscle in the sport of bodybuilding. Uh, she seems to have handled it really well. She's a, she's a pro. Um, yeah. And she's handled it really well. And some of the pictures she's posted since then are just fucking lights out. Like you can oh, tell yeah. she's like Michael Jordan. She's like, I'm going to fucking show you. So that's, you know, it's, it's been fun to kind of watch, to watch her journey. Um, yeah. Let's talk about after prejudging. What did you end up doing? Did you just stick to the same foods? Did you go out and have some extra food? What, what were you doing? after? Pre-judging? No, after prejudging, I went to my room, you know, I was, had to lick my wounds. Um, I sat on the bed, looked at some pics, you know, answered, you know, DMs from people who were congratulating me, you know, on my showing still. And, um, and then I waited till I got hungry and I literally had probably, I think I had some, uh, uh, whey protein, my, our isoperfects. I really didn't want more beef and I had, um, some Jasmine rice and then I went back. That was it. Gotcha. It's, uh, let's talk about the, the night show details. Did, this is sometimes whenever I've got a client that you know the placing is going to be outside of top five yep. and you know the judging's pretty much done for the most part. Yep. This has always been a time where I've had fun and just tried different shit so that I've done a lot with like the pump up drink. Like one time right. I had one of my clients literally drink a hundred carbs, a, a full spoonful of salt. And we just, we just want to see if we could 
blow them up and we fucking did. So we, you know, I've done some fun, cool stuff. Did you do anything outside the norm or did you just kind of stick to the routine and, and go out and, and finish it? I up? didn't do anything out of the norm. I mean, cause I really didn't want my pictures to be shitty. Um, you know, it's a little different game when you're, you know, right. kind of being scrutinized. So I didn't want them to think, Oh God, he just, was so pissed off that he went out and ate 10 donuts and showed up like a, a fuck, you know? So I just stuck to the game plan. I'd, I'd had another Gatorade, um, some salt and just pumped up and did my thing. I wanted to see if I could get a little harder. Um, and I think at the night I was a little harder and a little fuller, not a ton fuller though. I mean, like I said, I think I nailed fullness decently for my body. Um, but I do think I was a little drier at night. Um, so you know, probably because once I got back to the hotel room, I don't think I was drinking as much. Um, probably peed more than I really, you know, I didn't put the water back. But I think that the dryness probably, I should have aired even maybe a little more on it. That's why I was saying I probably, if I had changed anything, would have taken a diazide uh, Thursday night, just a quarter tab. Gotcha. So with your placing, you ended up placing six. Six. Uh, how, do you, how do you feel about that? A lot of times, and the reason why I bring this up, because I know how you feel about it, but there are a lot of people that need, I tell people this all the time. You can't become a fucking winner until you learn how to lose and people right. do not handle losing the right way. Right. And one of the things that drives me nuts as a coach is when I go to the show, I help my clients, I'm back there and they don't place the way they want. They act like little bitches. Yep. And I love the way that you handled your placing. You posted about it on social. If you would just kind of reflect back on that because yeah. you're very analytical. You, looked at everything and you gave your feedback on why you think you placed where you did yeah, yeah. Um, kind of let everybody know that. Yeah. I mean, you know, like I said on the post, I said, you know, you compete for a barometer and I got that. Um, I still give up seven pounds in the class. If you look at the top winning guys, they don't have bigger shoulders than me. I probably have some of the bigger on stage, but they have uh, more chest shelf. So I got to still get that rounder. It's just a weak part for me, unfortunately. My pecs are short attachments. They don't swoop low. Um, so I just don't have as much material to work with. But I've got to get rounder the material that I do have. My mid-back has to improve. I have nice width. I have nice shape to the muscles in the back. But uh, my mid-back has to get denser um, and more bubbly. And then I could use more quad. Um, so I'm going to start training legs again twice a week. Uh, my knee's been feeling great. So I think I can put that in. Um, so I'm going to take my time. But, you know, I would love to fill out those seven pounds over the next year and give it another go, um, you know, uh, next year sometime um, when I have added what I need. And then, of course, you know, you can always be harder. Um, I brought good conditioning. But, you know, I think if um, – if I was peeled even more out of my mind, maybe I could have eked a, a higher spot. I don't know. Those guys were really good. So to me, it was like, I got my barometer. I know what I need to do. And there was no reason to, you know, bitch and moan about it. I think they got it pretty much right. Let, let, let me ask you a couple of questions here. I don't have this on the notes, but it's just me kind of as yep. a fan of the sport asking you this. Um, do you feel like if you would have prepped for, 10 weeks slow versus yep. three weeks fast, had time to fill back out. Do you think like that might've possibly eked you into that top five or do you think you were yep. really kind of where you should have been? I think for this, for, for what, for what I did, I was where I should have been. But yes, if I would have prepped 12 weeks and brought a clap package closer to the Kentucky pro in terms of being sharper kind of everywhere, like I was as sharp in certain areas, but not as sharp in certain areas. 
um, you know, talking to one of the judges who's very honest with me, we have a good, um, you know, just chatting relationship. He just said, you weren't quite as crisp and popping as you were at the Kentucky pro. And I said, I get that. You know, I had a lot going on. I dieted for three weeks. I said, you know, I think if I had more time, um, I would have brought that or better. And he's like, yeah, you probably would have. And, and he said, he said that would have potentially impacted my movement and my placement. Um, so, you know, would it or not, I don't know. But I do think that I would have brought a better physique had I done maybe 10 or eight weeks. And, you know, I might do that um, next time. You know, um, there's no reason not to. Um, with the way my metabolism is and the hold or the understanding I have on my body now, I could keep a free meal in um, and maneuver everything. And, um, you know, the first six weeks really be more almost a, a, a lean gain recompositioning um, type thing and really then just crank it the last four. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I've thought about all that. And as much as I like prepping only three weeks, I think a 10 or an eight would serve me a lot better. Let's, uh, I've got a couple more questions for you and then we'll wrap it up. Yeah. Uh, no master's pro. You didn't do the master's nope. pro class. Nope. Um, you've got your reasons for that. Um, yep. A lot of people are doing both. Where, where do you kind of sit with that? And, and do you think that's something you'll do later on? What's, what are your thoughts? I don't know, man. I'm just not ready. Like, I don't feel like a master's. I mean, shit, you know, I've meddled in every pro show I've done. Um, and, you know, my first two pro shows were tier threes. Uh, I believe Tampa's a tier one. Um, you know, and I still was up there in the top six where they gave medals. So I don't feel that I'm ready, uh, to be a master's. Um, I nothing against the guys that do both. Um, I did beat all of them. So I would have, I guess one, who knows though. I mean, when you line up and it's only four or five of you, maybe it looks different. Um, but I'm just not there yet. And I also feel like if they saw me on a master stage, maybe I'm completely wrong, but I would be judged differently once I got to the open. And I don't want that. Um, and I also want to be able to do my routine first in the open. If you do it, masters always goes first and they don't let you repeat your routine. So you do your routine for masters and that's all they got of you. And then they get to watch the open guys and you don't get to do your routine. So I don't like that either. Um, so I have my reasons and, um, I don't know, man, maybe when I'm 55, I'll do some masters, but right now at 42 and getting better, um, I don't see a reason for it. No, I, I love it. I love it. I know, I know people were asking and wondering, so I figured, well, shit, we're just perfect time. To yeah, man. Kind of That's the reason. Point on it. Um, here's kind of a tough question. Uh, I, I probably hit you with this one out of the blue, but what did you learn the most out of this prep? Because this was not a normal yeah. prep for you. What did you learn the most? You know, I think for me, you've got to keep perspective, right? Um, I died at three and a half weeks amidst the toughest four weeks of my life. Um, I moved out of my house. Um, I moved, I bought a brand new house. I moved into that house. You know, I had furniture coming every night. I'm trying to build this shit on low calorie because I want it to feel like a home for my boys. Um, and I got it done, you know? So, um, yeah, it's just one of those things that I learned that, you know, I can take on a challenge even when it's really difficult and get it done, you know? You know, so I didn't learn a ton more about my body, this prep per se. Um, but I learned about, you know, sticking through something. And also, you know, I kind of wanted to show my clients, like a lot of times things that really frustrated me with my clients is when bad shit happens in life, they use it as an excuse to just go off the rails and eat shitty. And then they want me to be like, Oh, that's okay. And I wanted to show them like, no man, like 
I've talked about this before, but you know, you're already sad. Why would you want to be fat and sad? Like <laughs> double down, double down on your shit, man. Like handle your business and get it done. Like there's no, no one's going to sit around and feel sorry for you and you doing it yourself doesn't really help. So those were the two biggest things really. Yeah. I love it. Let's, let's talk about it's post show. Now let's talk about how you feel yeah. kind of like yeah. the, there's sometimes there's a lull after a show. How, how do you personally feel, you know, week out? Yeah, that? there's been a lull and you know, I think I've been a little sadder than usual. Like usually I don't get that post show depression, but you know, I'm in a big transition right now. You know, I mean, I'm in a brand new house, mostly by myself in the evenings and, you know, um, trying to adapt to, you know, that. And, um, you know, just that goal isn't there anymore. Like, you know, uh, in terms of like, you know, when I had that show goal for those three weeks, um, it kept my mind occupied maybe. Um, and I didn't have as much time to reflect on, you know, wow, this is, this is my new normal. Um, so, you know, I've had more time to reflect on that. So there's been a little bit more post-show depression, but yeah, like, I, you know, I used clenbuterol, like I didn't use it much in my Kentucky pro, um, preps and stuff, but I only had three weeks here and I used it and, and it brings your adrenals down. It really does. And so I'm using some adrenal health and that really has helped me, but man, I've been, I've been pretty clobbered, like just low energy, um, tired. When I stand up, I get those dizzy spells and that that's always adrenal, um, issues, low blood pressure, things like that. So I'm feeling those things, but they're kind of normal when you let your body fat get that low. And you know me, I'm not sitting here, bring it back up super fast. I'm, I'm strategically adding food. So I still have glute lines and my lower back's still really dry. Um, I am up now to my gym weight all the way back up to 192 already today. Um, and I saw that get as low as probably 182. So I am filling out during the day, um, but I'm still real lean. And um, so that's probably slowing down some of it, but I just want to take my time and get the body fat back up slow. Yeah. And I think what a lot of other people are kind of wanting to know, and I think they kind of figure it out based on your feedback you just gave us. What's next? Are you done for the year? Are you just going to go into improvements? I, I, I need, I'm pretty much done for the year. Like, you know, if it was just me and, you know, I wasn't a parent and, you know, have all these companies um, and maybe just had a nine to five and you come home and you're done, I probably would keep going. Um, I, I feel like I could, there's more in the tank, but you know, um, right now when you have a six year old, the 15 year old gets it a little more, but cause he likes training now. And, but you know, the six year old Maddox, I feel like I need to make dad's house fun for him. And so like Wednesday I took off, I didn't train. Um, and that's hard to do when you're ready for a show mentally. I didn't train. Um, we went out to, Panera for dinner and we had was it Subway for lunch something like that and then we had Cold Stone you know and so those are all fun things for him to do and if I'm getting ready for a show yeah I can go but I don't eat them right. and that's not as fun for a kid like he wants his dad to eat ice cream with him he wants his dad's house to be fun so I think I'm just going to take the year off um I need to grow anyways um these guys are right at the top and they're round and um, I need to be, I might not be as round as them in every spot, but if I can get to the top of the class and bring that conditioning exactly like I had in Kentucky pro, um, I think I can contend and I think I can get a lot of points and potentially eke into that Olympia, but I, yeah. I there's some work that needs to be done. Yeah. The, you know, the weight that, that you add 
to your stage weight always looks like double whatever you add. Yeah. Like whenever yeah. you add five pounds to your your stage weight, yeah. it looks like yeah. fucking ten. Yeah. So yeah, I got really small joints and I'm round enough in a lot of spots, you know, and the judges usually actually say that, which I'm I'm shocked about, but you know, they usually say I'm round in the right spots. So I just gotta fill it out more, I think. Um, and then, you know, just diet a little longer, bring that nasty, nasty, nasty condition everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. I think we've got, I don't know, five, six weeks until we give this seminar here in Springfield, Missouri yeah. that, that we talked about. Um, keep gaining weight, man. Let's have a, yeah. uh, I don't want to be the only one with the dad bod up there. So <laughs> well, you know, that ain't happening, brother. <laughs> keep gaining weight. Matter of fact, I, I, you just send I'll me. have them abs year round. It's just, they'll be a little fluffier. Why don't we switch? You send me some clan. I'll hit that for five weeks. You go ahead and keep gaining weight, and we're going to see who looks the best up there. <laughs> so, no, man, this, this has been a fun episode. Definitely. Um, I, I like these peel back the curtain, fly on the wall type behind the scenes yep. episodes. We need to do more of these in the future. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we're just going to. We're just going to keep rolling. We've got some guests lined up for you guys, some really good guests. Um, Jason, you don't know, I've talked to some really interesting people that are going to come on the show. I just haven't bothered you with it because you've been busy. Um, We're going to start getting more guests on the show now that we've covered a lot of topics. And we still got some fun stuff to talk about. We need to do a complete show just on estrogen. And there's a lot of stuff that we need to do. But I want to kind of start putting in some guests and stuff like that, kind of break it up uh, just to have fun. So, do you have anything else, man, that you want to add before uh, we get off here and get back to work? Huh. I don't think so, man. I mean, I think, um, I think we, uh, I think we covered everything, you know, I, I don't think anything else to add. It, it's been fun to kind of, you know, give you guys a little insight. Um, if people out there have a question about something on my prep, you can DM me or like, you know, maybe you and I will decide to answer a few of them another episode. Um, but I think we've covered a lot of it. So I'm good. Yeah, if you guys ever have sent uh, questions, just go to the show notes. Um, send those questions to me, actually, because of what I'll do is I'll put together a Q&A. We've got a couple of Q&As lined up, and um, actually, I think that's what we have lined up for next week. If you guys have questions to Jason about his prep or anything in general, just send uh, go to the show notes, send me an email, and I will yeah. get you on the list. So, um, dude, let's get out of here. Let's get back to work, and uh, we'll see you guys soon. For myself and Jason, we're out of here. Thanks, guys. See ya.